0: Hi, and welcome to Harvest Bible Chapel, Kuala Lumpur Online. We hope that the following message will be a blessing to you as you seek to walk with the Lord in spirit and in truth. For more information about our church, please visit www.harvestkl.org or click the link in the description below. I'm Michael. I'm serving as one of the elders here at Harvest. Welcome to Harvest. Glad you're here. Um, it is an exciting, uh, exciting day to serve and, and worship the Lord as every day is. We have been in the book of First John as a church. So um, if you have a Bible, you'll open with me to First John. It is towards the back of the Bible. If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far. Back up a few pages from there. We're in 1 John chapter 4. This morning we'll be looking at verses 1 through 6. I'll read this passage, and then we will dig into its significance for us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God from God, does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is the word of the Lord. The other day, I was uh, teaching downtown in uh, a Bible college down in the book Bintang area, and I took a train to get there, because who wants to deal with traffic and parking downtown? And on my way down, there was uh, someone near me who was speaking at a volume for everyone on the train to enjoy. She was talking on the phone. I could even, she didn't have like the speaker mode on on her phone, but I could even hear the guy she was talking to. And it sounded like she was giving advice, kind of counseling some some guy who was in another country. And at first she was talking about how much she enjoyed reading the Bible. And she said she really loved the book of Ruth in particular and drew a lot of inspiration from it. And then she shifted and went to, started talking about her zodiac sign and how she and her daughter share the same zodiac sign. And apparently that was a really big deal for her. Um, what was amazing to me is that she went from talking about the Bible to talking about the horoscope in, with, without any seeming conflict between the two, but they are conflicting sources of information. Uh, Zodiac signs, as I understand it, use astrology, which is something that is practiced all over the world. Horoscopes were even printed in the newspaper daily. I don't know if they still are. I just haven't looked at a newspaper in a long time. It holds that there is significance to the alignment of the planets and stars. Uh, And I guess whatever day you're born on depends on where the alignment is. And that somehow affects your personality and moods and all the rest. Even more strangely to me is that you then share sort of the same fate with anyone else who's born the same time you are. But people make life choices based off of the horoscope and what astrologers tell them about it. So so how do we know what we should believe in? Every day we're confronted by just countless ideas. Some of it is really over and you know that you're encountering a different idea. Sometimes it's really subtle. Newspaper, social media, music, TV, your friends, family, even even ourselves. We can self-talk our way through some things, and, and have bring our de- ideas to ourselves very strangely. All of these sources, I mean, they they bring introduce ideas. Sometimes, like a palm reader, they're really obvious. But sometimes it's more subtle, like a TV show that portrays someone who is religious as being really bad or silly. Here in First John, we're challenged to question what we know, and, and um, we're given instruction on how to decide what to believe and what to reject. So walk through this in the following three points. Listen, test, no. Listen. In the very first verse, we are given a caution followed by instruction. Don't believe every spirit, it says. And then it says, test the spirits. So we must first acknowledge that there are different beliefs out there. And they do not agree with each other in order to live out our faith fully, we must be careful not to believe everything we hear. And this means then that we need to listen well. We need to listen carefully. We need to pay attention to what people are saying and what they're really saying in the midst of that. Sometimes things are disguised in Christian language And they're not Christian ideas in what they say. There's also another kind of listening we need to do. We need to listen to what is being said and listen clearly, listen attentively. But there's another kind of listening that we need to do. As Christians, we need to be listening to God. We believe that God has revealed himself to us. And so we need to tune in to God. We need The more we listen to God through his word, the more we'll be able to detect those ideas that are contrary to God's word, contrary to God's truth. So think of it this way. The other day, someone came to me and asked me about a good mechanic. And the reason that he was asking me about a good mechanic is mechanics have a reputation. If you're a mechanic, I apologize. But you do, you have a reputation. And, and the reason you have this reputation is, not you, but a mechanic, is that most of us don't have a clue about cars. And so they can throw out some really fancy names of engine parts and say you need this this and this and we're like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh um but if you really know your stuff about cars and engines and what's needed the mechanic can pretty quickly tell that he's not going to be able to pull pull one on you on this and will not try to dupe you into extra charges and extra parts that you don't need the same is true with knowing about the truth and understanding the truth the more that we are familiar with god's word and who god is the more we know god the more we can detect that which is not from god that which is false We are best equipped to, de- to detect false teaching when we become students of God's word and know God more deeply. Secondly, test. One interesting feature of listening, of living in Southeast Asia is when you purchase an appliance. So in and let, let me just contrast this for you. So I'm an American in America, you go to the store to buy an appliance. They You take the box, you take it to the cash register, you pay for it, you take the box home, it's still sealed up. And if it doesn't work, you can bring it back. In Southeast Asia, it's normal to pull the appliance out of the box at the cash register. They have a convenient set of power strips there and you can plug it in and try it. Whether you're buying a blender or whatever, you can plug it in. Poke the buttons and see if it works. In other words, what you are doing is you are testing or proving whether it is a truly good product. This is exactly what John is asking of us to test or to prove, to examine what we hear. And so, what are we to test? We are to test the spirits which implies that there are spirits that are not from God. In other words, there are spiritual sources that are false. There are evil spirits who are under the command of the devil, Satan. Jesus tells us about the devil in John 4, uh, John 8, rather, in verse 44. He's... He's talking to people who are are being very, very critical of him and dismissing who he is. And he says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. In other words, there is a personality out there, spiritual in nature, who is seeking to undo the truths that are from God. We need to be aware of that. As Christians, we need to be aware that not everything coming through what seems like great sources is maybe the truth. And so, John here gives us this warning to. Test what we hear We hear so much, and even in Christian circles, there are claims that are we, we need to be aware of that some are not true. If you're in any kind of WhatsApp group, I'm in WhatsApp groups, even with pastors and sometimes things that get posted there, ooh According to Jesus, there is one behind the scenes spinning out lies we're given false information by the enemy and it's designed to ruin our faith in god the god of truth so our passage here at first john mentions false prophets jesus warns of false prophets he says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves Matthew 7. There are those who claim to have a word from God, and, and then what do we do with that? Well, Deuteronomy 18 has something to, to tell us on this. It says this, this is verses 20 to 22, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know what the, know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. In other words, there's a prophecy, and it says this thing is going to happen tomorrow, and tomorrow comes and goes, and it does not happen. What do we have? False prophet, right? God is a God of truth. There is no deceit in him. Thus, when God truly gives a message to someone, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's clear from this passage that we are dealing with a false prophet. This week I was meeting with uh, someone who was uh, in a meeting with someone who claimed to be um, a faith healer. Now, I want to be clear here. There are times when God calls upon us to pray for another who is ill or sick, and the Lord answers those prayers. Praise God. Those are just amazing gifts from God. But there's another kind of thing that happens with when a faith healer kind of makes a show of it. And that was what was happening in this room. And this faith healer told everyone in the room that the Lord told him that there was someone in the room with back problems And I'm guessing that most of the time, like if I were to ask today if someone in the room had a back problem, there's probably someone in the room with a back problem. Back problems are fairly frequent. But in this case, there was not. Nobody had a back problem. And so my friend, he didn't say this out loud because what happened is everyone just sort of moved on. But, he was testing the spirits. He was saying, well, if this guy says that the Lord told him there was someone in the room with a back problem and there was not, we've got a problem. Either the Lord lied to him, which we do not believe to be the case, or he was lying to the group of people or he heard from a spirit that is not from God. It's quite sobering, actually, when you step back from that moment and think about that. Because I think there's a part of us that wants, especially in Southeast Asia, we love harmony, right? And we don't want to disrupt things. And so we just want to like, oh, it's okay. We'll just stay quiet and move on. But that that means there's some misrepresentation of who God is that is at stake. There is no neutral source. This faith healer misrepresented God. And it's important that we recognize when there is false teaching when there is false prophecy. So don't believe everything you hear, read, or watch. We need to test the spirits. Here in 1 John, it says that that those things that are true also point to Christ. Those things that are false do not confess Jesus Christ as God. In other words, there might be someone who is an amazingly gifted and moving speaker, but if he or she does not confess Jesus to Christ as God, we are to be suspicious of the claims that they are making. There might be someone who performs wonderful miracles, but if this just draws all of the glory to that person rather than to Jesus, We might be, we're right to be concerned about where the spirit, what spirit is at work there. To confess Jesus as Lord, to confess Jesus, it's not not merely the utterance of the words, but true confession of Jesus in our heart. So testing the spirits might be even an internal question. Perhaps you sense the Lord speaking to you. Maybe you've had a dream, and you're now wondering whether this is from God. Here are three tests to evaluate whether it is from God or from another. And these these tests apply whether it's you trying to understand what you're hearing or maybe what you're hearing from someone else. So the three tests are these. Truth test, wisdom test, Jesus test. Truth test. God does not deceive and does not contradict himself. If you hear something that contradicts the Bible, it is immediately suspect. Or, like we mentioned from the, from the Bible, if it is prophecy and is proven not to have occurred, then it is false. The wisdom test. Sometimes there is something that is not clearly contradicting the Bible, but something is off. We who are believers have God's Word, and we also have guidance of the Holy Spirit to help us discern when something is off. Many years ago, there was a church in San Francisco where the pastor used his position to manipulate others and coerced devotion to himself. What he said from the pulpit was not as clearly false, but the ways he acted and the ways he treated people clearly sent signals that something was off. Years later, this church was revealed to be a cult, and many, many died due to this deception. If you're curious to know more of the story, Google Jim Jones. The Jesus test, and this is the one that is stated explicitly in the text that we're looking at this morning. A word from God should lead to confession of Jesus. So let me give another example. A student of mine in in a seminary that I teach in here in Malaysia told me that they had a guest speaker in their church. And the guest speaker uh, was preaching about the shofar. You guys know what a shofar is? Shofar is an instrument made from a ram's horn. It's, It's featured in the Old Testament in particular. The guest preacher basically was saying that the best thing you can do is to play the shofar. Uh, It's, I think, according to this preacher, the only instrument that God himself plays. And so, therefore, there's some significance to that, I guess. This is where you should be testing the spirits. But basically, this preacher said that there's no more worthy a task than to play the blow the shofar. Well, this is where the Jesus test comes in. If that is the case, then really, God did not really need to send Jesus. All he really needed to do was send a big box of shofars, <laughs> right? It also fails the wisdom test because this preacher was incidentally selling shofars. <laughs> yeah, there were warning signs, a uh, many on that day. Uh, so my student actually left the church because um, her concern was the leadership of the church was not willing to discern, test the spirits. So now let's put this these tests to test. Let's test the tests. There is a group called the World Mission Society Church of God. Ever heard of them? It sounds good, it's a nice collection of words, but they teach falsely. The reason I mention them is that they are very aggressive right here in Malaysia, especially on university campuses. They believe in God the Father and God the Mother. Uh, They talk about the Bible a lot, which is what can be kind of tricky for those of us who believe in Jesus but there are a few things that should alert us. So one, the organization has at multiple times predicted the end of the world. And all of those dates have come and gone. And here we sit. And so therefore false prophecy did not happen and it goes against the fact that Jesus himself said that no one is going to know the day or out. There are some things, I admit, there are some things in the Bible that are maybe a little bit more difficult to understand. This one is as clear as day. We are not gonna know. So anytime you hear someone say this is this is when the end of the world is gonna be, you immediately know. There's false prophecy going on. Further, the leaders of this group make claims. Uh, One makes claim to be God the mother, which is, I mean, clearly a a problem. And the other one, the returned Messiah. So instead of confessing Jesus, one claims to be Jesus. And clearly there are some concerns there. So this group does not pass the tests that we have laid out for us. Thirdly, no. So we've talked about knowing whether uh, whether some teaching or word is from God or not, and we want to be careful about false teaching. Um, but this passage in John, in First John rather, it's not only about calling out false teaching because we can get kind of consumed by hunting down false teaching defending against it but if that's all that that drives us we can lose something incredibly precious in the process so let me reread the uh, verses four through six from our text little children you are from god and you have overcome them and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 5 says that there will be voices from the world that gain a hearing from the world, and that's to be expected. But we have something more amazing happening. For those of you who have placed your trust in Jesus, you are from God. Let that rest with you for a minute. It is stunning to reflect that on the fact that God has placed his name on us. We are weak, we are wavering, We are fragile, but God is steadfast and resilient. When we turn to Christ, we were in the world and under the influence of the world. All of humanity was locked into a world of false belief. It is why God sent Jesus Christ into the world. He exposed the brokenness of the world, and he went to death on the cross, taking our rebellion and wrong with him, nailing it to the cross. Those who reject Christ remain in the world. Those who turn away from their old life and turn to Christ, however, they are now claimed by God. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. In other words, we are not in right standing in, with God based on what beliefs we reject or dispute. Rather, we stand with God because we became children of God through Jesus. We know God because we now have a relationship with God. The spirit of almighty God dwells with us and affirms that which is true. So later today, we get to witness a powerful demonstration of what happens when we join ourselves to Christ. Going under the water symbolizes death to the old us. And then coming out of the water symbolizes new life in Christ. In the ancient church, second century church, part of the baptism ritual was to turn westward, which I don't know which way westward is. Anyone with a quick sense of direction? Which way is west? Nope. No one has a sense of direction. We we all have smartphones. So, they turn westward, and they state out loud, I renounce thee, O Satan, and all thy works. And then they spit three times. Just to... Be clear, Dana and Nami, we're not going to ask you to spit today. But we do want this symbolic ceremony to be a time of leaving behind the influence of the world and drawing towards greater knowing of God and His infinite goodness. There's a... I'm going to close with this. There's um, the late J.I. Packer who was one of those just really sharp Oxford types, um, loved Jesus, taught and wrote books. He wrote a book called Knowing God, which if you haven't read it, it's an old classic. It's worth, worth reading, worth investing in. But he tells a story of, of a man, a colleague of his, who basically lost his whole academic career based on his convictions about who Jesus is. And so J.I. Packer was lamenting with him, I'm sorry that you've lost your way in this. And he says, oh no, compared to knowing God, all of that is nothing. Compared to knowing God, all of that is nothing. So he says this in, in this book, the question is not whether we are good at theology or balanced in our approach to the problems of Christian living, the question is, can we say simply, honestly, not because we feel that as evangelicals we ought to, but because it is a plain matter of fact that we have known God, and that because we have known God, the unpleasantness we have had or the pleasantness we have not had through being Christians does not matter to us. If we really knew God, this is what we would be saying. And if we are not saying it, that is a sign that we need to face ourselves more sharply with the difference between knowing God and merely knowing about him. So my, my urge to you this morning, we want to be diligent in discerning the spirits. But the best way towards that is drawing close to God. Seek to know God. Will you join me in that? Let's pray. Father, we, um, we come before you recognizing that we are in a world where there is just a confusing flurry of messages coming every direction. Beliefs layered on beliefs, and it can be difficult to set them apart and know what is right and what is true and know what comes from you. And so God, I ask for for all of us in this room that for where there are points of confusion, that you would give us clarity that we would know what is from you. Father, we, we thank you that in all of this, you, your loving embrace draws us closer to you. And so, Father, I pray that, that in, this, in this world that continues to, to seek to influence over us, Father, that we would be willing to seek you that we would draw close to you, that we would come uh, before you reading your word daily, that we would be ready to listen for you, that we would confess with our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Father, we, we thank you that you, the creator of the entire universe, the one who sustains our every breath, that you love us and seek to know us individually. We are not worthy. And so we thank you that you sent Jesus who died for our sake, for our sake, so that you might find us worthy because of Jesus righteousness. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.